Blog Talk Radio. Hey, what's cracking? This is Darren McDuffie, your host for Fat Man Radio this evening. And I am actually waiting on our guest. Um, uh, was trying to call out to him and uh, getting a forwarded message. So um could be that something's uh, wrong with Troy Casey. I know he's pretty reliable. So um, if you have not picked up my free report, Between Two Thieves, How Big Food and Big Pharma Are Robbing You of Your Health, do so. You can go to naturalhealthforwellbeing.com and uh, put your name in there, put your name, your email address, and that report will be sent directly out to you. And it's an audio report, so you can download that into your iPod and listen to it on your iPod. And I also give you the text version of it as well, and it's really, really short. So it's something that you can either listen to or read if you prefer that. So I wanted to give people options for that. Now, if you don't want to go to Natural Health for Wellbeing, you have the option of looking on my blog. I have a blog called imthefatman.com, and that's exactly how it sounds. It's I, I like uh, inventory, M like Mary, fatman.com, and that's P-H-A-T, not F-A-T, but P-H-A-T. So imthefatman.com and read some stuff on my blog. I have a lot of great information on there. You just go on there, and on the right-hand side, there is a uh, CD. It looks like a CD, and you put your name, your email address in there, and you can get all the updates, and you would also get that free audio report as well. So let me do. Let me try to call out to Troy again and get the show started. So hope. So bear with me one minute. You there, brother? Yeah, I'm here, Troy. How are you, man? Hey, good, Dan, man. Good to hear your voice. Good. So I had good. to get my I had to get my technology all all tuned up. Uh, oh, okay. It's all it's all. So I just uh, um, I just got my wife was running a couple minutes late, and she she's gonna have the kids all on uh, on lockdown. But I'm all ready to go right now, man. Yeah, yeah, we're actually on the air because I was going to call you five minutes before, and you, you know, you, I left you a message, but that's okay. It's all good. So we'll go ahead and um, and get started. So you're actually broadcasting right now. So um, let's just go ahead and get into it, Troy. I um, I uh, wanted to just to hear your journey. I know your journey. I don't know if you remember or not, but you were on Sean Croxton's uh, podcast show one time, and I called in to ask you about meditation. And out of that, Son gave birth to me, and I, I decided to start my own podcast for you know to interview some people that I was interested in, and I was particularly interested in you and your journey. Can you share your journey with our listeners or how you became to be the uh, certified health nut? Yes, well, you know, great. Um, you know, Darren, I'm so happy that, you know, your show was born out of inspiration from what Sean was doing. and. Really, that's you know that's all I'm doing on on social media and the internet is really spreading the message of wellness and health. And um, I've got a couple taglines that I have with my brand: "Healthy Me equals a healthy planet." Uh, I'm only as healthy as my environment. And so, um, you know, I'm engaging as many people and inspiring as many people as I possibly can with my experiences, uh, because again, I think that you can only really teach from experience. So my journey started, my journey into health started about, uh, I would say about 23 years ago. I was in Milan. Uh, I was uh, starting my modeling career, and uh, I was very interested in looking and feeling my best in front of the camera. Um, and so, um, and I started to have a lot of success in that industry. And of course, I was uh, inspired to uh, continue studying uh, as much as I could about health and nutrition. And right off the bat, I realized, hey, you know, I'm an American. I grew up eating Pop-Tarts and, pop, 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 pop and Captain Crunch. And 
I soon realized in my research that, you know, uh, Pop-Tarts and Captain Crunch wasn't real food. And so uh, I realized I had to go back to the drawing board and really uh, educate myself on, you know, what food was. And, you know, like now, uh, back then, uh, a lot of the information is, hey, standard American diet gets you sick, therefore a plant-based diet, you know, will clean you out. And a lot of that dogma and that ideology is wrapped around it's the utopian diet and nothing could be further from the truth because I went vegetarian, vegan for a couple of years and uh, I was weak. I was still dealing with, with uh, uh, bloating and, um, you know, it helped clean me out in the beginning, but it wasn't sustainable. And I was like, hey, wait a second, the ideology doesn't match up to the reality. And so mm-hmm. I started eating meat and I continued to, uh, I started eating non-vegan uh, foods, basically, and uh, changed my diet and felt better immediately. And I continued to study um, uh, herbs, internal purification, fasting. I read Jethro Kloss's uh, family heirloom, which is called Back to Eden. He was renowned for, if the doctors couldn't help someone uh, back in the 1800s, people from all over the countryside would call on Jethro and he would come around. And one of the first things he would do to people was give them an enema. And so from there, he would give them certain teas and tinctures or poultices made of herbs um, and to either calm a fever or heal them this way or that way. But most of the time, he started with the difficult cases with an enema. And so I realized studying with him and then further a little bit with Dr. Christopher's work and then uh, eventually with Dr. Schultz's work who has the the Wild American uh, herb line um, uh, called Dr. Schultz. And so uh, I realized, you know, early on that it was important to get these organs pumping, the organs of detoxification working optimally. And then I started to realize that, you know, why is there such an issue with, you know, uh, uh, toxicity and You know, then I I realized that we have uh, uh, toxic compounds uh, that have been made uh, and introduced into our society, into our environment, um, and we didn't know exactly what was uh, going to happen with those, and we introduced more. So what we have is a toxic soup in the air, water, soil, pesticides, herbicides, and these things end up building up into the tissues. And now my work, you know, I start to see we've got 60% of the American people that are obese. I think that has a lot to do with people eating non-foods, foods that are devoid of nutrition, um, and they're starving, and so they continue to eat these non-foods, and they just they, they gain weight. My understanding is is that the, the, if the body can't metabolize something, it will uh, put a lipid structure around it and store it basically as a fat cell. And what you see with a lot of these obese people to me, is uh, an image of a mutation. And if you look at what genetically modified organisms are, genetically modified seeds and food, these are genetic mutations. And so I think, I believe that, you know, as above, so below, the macro represents the micro, and I think you're seeing that with the food supply now. So my studies continued into herbs and fasting, and I got into that. And then I had a lot of real uh incredible success in my modeling career and I did about uh, four Versace campaigns and I was traveling a lot. Uh, there's a lot of drugs and alcohol in that industry. There's a lot of free time on your hands and I just started partying pretty heavily and uh, I got wrapped up into that for quite a few years uh, and then I moved to Los Angeles to start acting and uh, I realized I couldn't build a career being uh, you know, a party animal. And so I decided to clean up my act. Uh, I was running at the uh, end of my rope as well. I was burning the candle at both ends. I, uh, my hangovers were turning into like three-day, four-day, five-day flu-type hangovers. Uh, and so I couldn't sustain that. So at about 33 years old, I finally threw in the towel. Well, back up about four and a half years before that, I had started to sober up. Like, hey, this isn't a great idea for me to go. And I would sober up for a few months. And then 
I would I would go to Tokyo or I would go to Milan and I'd start partying again. And I would kind of just repeat this cycle for about four years. And then finally I threw in the towel and I said, all right, I just got to get my stuff together and I got to start handling my business. And I realized that uh, in AA it didn't work for me because one of the – the, the, the foundation premises built on is you are powerless. And I always knew in my heart of hearts that I was a powerful being, and I couldn't admit that. And maybe this is just a level of semantics or linguistics, but the fact of the matter is I couldn't accept that. And that, you know, ate away at me, and that's the, the, the step one. However, step 11, I always used to remember these guys would come in, and it would be a step 11, you know, meeting, and, they would talk about meditation, and the meditation guys always had something going on. And I was like, you know, what is that? Or what did I resonate with? It? Uh, it was something that resonated with me in my, my heart, my heart of hearts. And so uh, when I finally threw in the towel and I went to my, my last AA meeting and I heard this, you know, guy that just got out of prison and he was touting how great the the AA was, and then but he only had, like, you know, six days sober and all these uh, prescription pill pop and Beverly Hills type of women. And I just, I, I saw that AA for me was just another like religion and it had its own level of dysfunction. So I walked out of that meeting never to return again, but vowing to continue my own sobriety and do what I needed to do to get it together. So I reached into my intestinal fortitude and I said, well, hey, well, what works? What's going to keep me sober? And I remember these guys that talked about step 11. And step 11 was, you know, prayer and meditation, or, or I think it was mostly meditation. And it was that that turned me on. And so I just made, uh, um, I made a pact with myself to just meditate. I didn't know how. I didn't know what I was doing. But I would sit down and meditate. And right away, I would notice when I got off my pillow uh, in meditation that, uh all the worries about career, rent, uh, girlfriend, relationship, all this stuff that would kind of ha have anxiety in the background of my consciousness, it would come up during meditation. I was like, is this what meditation is all about? But I would notice that it wouldn't bother me and haunt me during the day. So right. immediately the meditation started working for me. Whatever it was, it started working for me. So, uh, I did that for about four months, just doing my own style of meditation. Didn't really know what I was doing. I just sit down on my on my on my my little uh, pillow or whatever I had at the time, and it worked. And I told this to some guy that I met, and he said, "Look, I sat the granddaddy of all meditation courses. I'll give you the information for it tomorrow." And so, sure enough, he gave me an envelope, and I had this information for. Uh, uh, Vipassana, which is an ancient technique, 2,500 years old, and I'd heard about these meditation courses, and I wanted to 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 go to one, but I didn't know what it was about. And I heard about three days, and I heard about four days, and this one was 10 days. It was in silence. It was all comprehensive, and I figured, and it was donation basis. It was very open, ready, and available. I went on the website. I I well, I read the information. This was actually before before I was really on the web, I uh, read all the information. I think he downloaded it for me. Read all the information, filled out an application, sent it in. When I was reading the information, I was crying in tears. I was like, wow, this is like it gets home for me. So I went and, and sat my first course. Um, the jaw tension, the neck tension, the amount of, like, stuff that just came off of my consciousness was just unbelievable. So... Um, I was I was hooked right from there. It was uh it was like a truckload of, of stuff of my own stuff, garbage, mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it, had been lifted off of me. So uh I was hooked. It was non dogmatic, it was experiential, uh basically ten, twelve hours a day of meditation. Uh it was comprehensive. You walk out of there kinda tapped into what it was all about. And from for the next six years I practiced uh, pretty much two hours a day, and um, um, and I sat uh, nine or ten of those courses, and, uh, and everyone was challenging mentally and physically. It was the most challenging thing I think I've done in my life to date, uh, and so that helped me grow leaps and bounds, and I think it 
healed my nervous system uh, at a very powerful level as well. Um, yeah, uh, does yeah doesn't it, it do that? I know I've been meditating like very a lot, and uh, I remember when I asked you that question, I just decided to get into it like full force, and I get up every morning at five and I will meditate for an hour. But it, I noticed that it has reduced my stress level tremendously. But I think what turns people off, and maybe you can comment on this, is that people tend to think, and I thought this before I asked you that question and I kind of like got out of that whole mentality of thinking, uh, is that they are supposed to be, once they close their eyes, everything is supposed to be centered. And you describe that as having monkey mind, like your mind is constantly jumping around. And I think what turns a lot of people off is they can't get rid of that that monkey mind. But there's to me, there's no right way to meditate. I've just learned to accept that sometimes our mind is going to be a little bit more busy than other times. Oh, I, I, absolutely. So I, I read a long time ago, you kind of observe it like a cloud passing above uh, in the sky. You know, it's just mm-hmm. like, oh, there goes a thought and another thought. And I got to tell you, sitting in 10-day meditation courses, the the thoughts, you know, things get a little bit more calm, but you also go deeper into your mind and deeper into the defilements of the mind. So all sorts of stuff can come up from there. I was talking to an old 70-year-old guy, and he's like, oh, my God. He's like, he's like, I've never been so horny in my whole entire life sitting in here, and I've got... I've got all my sexual deviation stuff from my whole entire life coming up. And wow. so, the, so so, the fact of the matter is, yeah, your thoughts are there, but I think what meditation really does is it allows you to observe them and not be so attached. Um, and, and you said a very good point. You know, you, you can't judge that stuff because then that starts just twisting your mind into more knots. You just observe it. I heard uh, one time... Uh, from a guy, he was having a real tough time in one of these long courses, and uh, I saw him get up a couple of times uh, during meditation uh, hours, and he walked off, and I said, well, hey, what's going on? And he goes, oh, man, it was just stormy out there. He's like, he's like, I had to pull in the sails, you know, and that's and that's a good analogy. You know, when it gets rough, you know, sometimes and your mind's just, just going crazy, you know, you do the best you can, but, you know, sometimes you just got to pull in the sails. And uh, um, uh, maybe stop meditating if it's too crazy. And we're talking about you know ten day course, but right. if it's just an hour in the morning and you know every last thought is you know oh rent I just got fired from my job. Well, you know what? It's probably better that you just center yourself anyhow because that's going to be going on uh, unconsciously and subconsciously out there in the world anyhow. And those are that's going that anxiety is going to have an effect on your relationships and whatever work that you're doing. So um, meditation works on so many different levels. Um, I say it's always working. Yeah, what what hindered me with it for a long time was that I always had this idea in my mind that it was supposed to be a certain kind of way, and it's not it's not like that. I I think that the only people that can really sit and be centered and not, and even they might kind of encounter this would be, uh, you know, a Buddhist monk that they sit there and they practice for years and years and years where they can just really still their minds. Um, but the average American person, we have so much stuff going on. <laughs> that it's, it's very hard that you don't get, you don't get monkey mind. You know what I'm saying? Well, absolutely, and I've talked to some of those cats, usually Western guys that have gone over and they've done the whole monk scenario for 10, 12, 15 years, and they still say their mind, you know, goes wild. I think uh, one of the modern-day teachers uh, that kind of teaches on this level uh, is the Dharma punks guy. His dad was a famous meditation teacher, and and then he was a punk rock guy, and then he started following in his dad's footsteps. Uh, Dharma punks. It might be uh, it might be a website too. DharmaPunks dot com. Uh, P U N X. Uh, and so uh, Noah Levine, I think his name or something like that. 
you know, he's a young guy. He's in San Francisco, and he teaches meditation to people, and he's got tattoos and stuff. And he'll talk about this. I guarantee he's got some got some videos on YouTube. And mm-hmm. if you tap into that, uh, you can tap into, you know, what a modern-day, uh, you know, modern-day meditation teacher uh, is teaching to uh, the youth and to the young people in the Western world. Because the thing is, is all these ancient techniques and all that stuff is cool, but we're also in 2013. Things have changed. Technology's changed. There's some foundation principles and some axioms that will never go away. Uh, However, uh, some of the explanation and the terminology uh, can be shifted so that the Western mind can understand. I know this from working uh, in the Amazon with uh, a gringo shaman down there. He's been there, down there for 30 years, and he says the same thing. He says the Western mind just wants to know. And if you're coming down there and you're drinking medicine with indigenous shaman, that's great and that's cool and everything, but they may never explain anything to you. And you might go back there with your harrowing experiences or your enlightened experiences or your meeting of God or your meeting of the boogeyman or whatever it is, and you might come out and you might not be able to process that because the Western mind kind of wants to know and it kind of wants to talk about it and wants to figure it out and wants to have a psychological component because, you know, Freud definitely influenced our society. And so, yeah. you know, we've, that's kind of the way our, our mind and our mechanism works. And so... Uh, I think that holds uh, a lot of credence, especially with the Eastern arts. Um, and here's the thing. With a lot of the indigenous shaman that I work with and a lot of uh, uh, some of the masterful teachers that I work with, they, uh, they don't talk as much. Now, Paul Check's probably the most powerful master that I've ever studied with and worked with, and he is a product of the Western environment. And Paul will talk your ear off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he will. I've, I've heard him. Yes, he will. You know, Paul, Paul will talk your ear off, and he'll also do Tai Chi, and he'll also take you into the weight room or stacking stones uh, and get you grounded, but he'll be able to explain it. So, again, I think the Western mind really wants to know there's a component about that. And um, unless you... And I think that's a component and a product of our society. We, we, we're in the digital age. We've got a lot of communications, a lot of telecommunications, uh, and our mind is going. And so to help ground that, sometimes people need, you know, the intellectual information because it's not about throwing the baby out with the bathwater. We're mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual. Those are the four bodies we have in the third dimension, and they all new, need nutrition um, and, and, you know, balance. And so, and if the the mind is mentally chattering, you know, and, it, and a little bit of information can settle it down and have it go, oh, I never thought of it that way. Well, then, hey, that adds balance to your mental, uh, to your mental body, uh, and that can help calm your 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 emotional body down. Uh, and so, and it'll bring rhyme and reason to that side of it. So it'll help to balance it out. Does that make sense, Darren? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I actually wanted to, that is kind of a good segue in what I wanted to talk about next. I actually was watching some of your videos, and I came across one of the videos with, uh, I'm very intrigued by the mind uh, and emotions showing on the body, and I noticed that you had one a YouTube video where you were doing, it looked like he was doing chiropractic work on you. I guess it was Turk. I want to say his name is Turk. Um, and but he was somehow getting emotions out of your body. Can you explain that? Yeah. Well, the thing the thing with Harold's work is is that, and I think it was depicted in our last uh, in our last video. Can you hear me, Darren? Yeah, I can hear you good. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. I don't think it was depicted in our last video because I think somebody commented on one of the videos. Harold does a three-part component, and I, I met Harold. I've been working with him on and off for about uh, uh, three years, I think. He, uh, uh, one of his mentors is the Maori shaman that I've been working with. He had a psychologist mentor. He had uh, a mentor that worked directly with the Maori, uh, so very deep uh, body work. Um, that deals with the, the, the emotional and the spiritual bodies. 
but it's very deep physical work, but it brings up all the emotional pain that we store in our body. Uh, the mind stores tension in the body, and eventually, uh, if you don't deal with it, practicing yoga, stretching, um, uh, meditation, these types of things that can release this tension, then those tension uh, turns into some form of pathology, whether it you know, pulls your musculature out, you blow out your knee, you blow out your hip, uh, the neck tension, jaw tension, TMJ, these type of things can end up manifesting. And if you get older, you know, you, you, that's where you see older people. They have all these crink-ups in their body, their neck, their, their, their musculature gets hunched over. And so it's about staying free. And so we're all connected mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually, and it all shows up in the last manifestation, which is the physical realm. And so... Uh, What's not really depicted uh, in the last video, but was depicted in some of the other videos I did with him, is Harold first sits you down and for about 20, 25 minutes or so, hey, Troy, what's going on with you? You know, how was our last session? How did it work out this week? Did any of the work show up? You know, how's your emotional life? And so he starts asking you these questions, and then he sees where you may be stuck or you know, you had a conversation with your brother or your mother and that starts to bring up some uh, uh, energy and maybe you're stuck in your vocal patterns and he picks up on that and then he starts asking you other questions. Because he's also, he's also clairvoyant and he can pick up on, on your energy. Hmm. And then when, he's, when he figures out that he's got you in a good position or <laughs> sometimes he just riles me up and I want to choke him. <laughs> and then, and then, he goes, then he goes, okay, get up on the table. And he's got this, his, I mean, he's got great shiatsu-type thumbs where he can just dig into your musculature. Uh, but he also has this nipple, this wooden nipple uh, that fits in his palm. And he starts digging into your occiput, into your hip girdle, uh, oh. into the real, uh, you know, tense places in your body. And usually where there's a lot of connective tissue. And he starts releasing it. Well, he starts, he starts digging in there because, again, the mind stores tension in the body, and usually that goes from the mind to the jaw to the neck to the shoulders, and then depending on how well you distribute that type of stuff throughout the body, it can start ending up in your, in your, in your hips. And so, uh, so he digs with that thing, and you'll see that in my video. I think it's called Man Breaks Down Crying. Yeah, where he you starts were crying. Hitting. I was like, why was he, why are you, why is he crying? Oh man, he just started hammering me and then something emotional just started. I just released. I just had an emotional release. And so, uh, and I just worked with Harold this morning as well. And so, uh, he didn't get me crying today, but on the video, you can, you can watch it. There's three videos I've done with Harold Turk. And so, Harold goes into the body where we store our tension. Paul Check likes to say the pain teacher is always guiding us are you listening yeah, yeah exactly and, mm -hmm. and so you know sometimes you know it's like when i was when i was drinking too much and i was partying too much and my hangovers turned into three to five days and so it's like hey this is getting a little painful are you listening you know and if i didn't stop at the time i could have done some you know pretty good damage to my liver and so so the, so the bottom line is the pain teacher is always guiding us are we listening and so Harold gets in there to the body to where, you know, we can store stuff up. And he starts releasing it. Uh, and then he's a chiropractor by trade. He went to school for many years as a doctor of chiropractic. So once he's freed up your musculature and gotten you loosened up or whatever, he puts you on the table and he gives you a full spinal adjustment. So uh, that's kind of uh, Harold's work uh, in a nutshell. And I dig it because it has that Western mind psychological component then it has the very deep shamanic style body work where it brings up your pain in the front here and now uh uh front and center and then um uh he he uses the the the, cry, the chiropractic methodology and so uh I, I i dig harold's work and you know you you asked me how i became a, a certified health nut so after the meditation, I, I started working in the Amazon with plant medicine there, uh, and I started drinking ayahuasca with the shamans uh, there. And I had a vision when I was in the Amazon of 
my at the time I was doing a lot of comedy, improv, and stand-up. I had an on-camera career, I had a career in front of the camera for many years, and the vision for Certified Health Nut just popped into my head, and I laughed out loud. And when I came out of the jungle, I had a lot of exotic footage from what I was doing, and uh, um, I, uh, I, I didn't know that YouTube was a reality, and I started posting it up on YouTube, and pretty much... The rest is, is kind of history. There weren't a lot of health people in the beginning. I had information on ayahuasca. I had information on natural childbirth. And so that started populating immediately, and I was able to gain some level of popularity. And from there, uh, Paul Check's videos started populating. I think his son, Paul Check Jr., started that channel, and he was good friends with Sean Croxton. Sean Croxton yeah. started doing well. So all these videos started populating, and that's kind of how we became friends. And uh, and then I started helping Paul with with, with with some of that stuff, and that's pretty much how the, the you know the certified health nut um, uh, came to light. I by default I learned all this stuff, and then I you know I continued to educate myself, learn, meet new people, and and working with indigenous cultures really turned me on to human consciousness respecting the earth, we are the earth, we're a symbiotic relationship of the earth, uh, and then working in the Amazon really taps me into, you know, where we are ecologically, and I'm not talking about political and economic agendas, green agendas, uh, <clears throat> you know, the administration's agendas on, on taxing and cap and trade and all this nonsense. I'm talking about respecting the earth. I'm talking about connecting back with the earth, connecting with the natural world. You know, Sean Croxton's out there branding Jerf, which is incredible. I think it's, you know, it, it couldn't get more real than that. I mean, we are a product of our environment. We are the earth. Paul Check likes to say, when you're looking at a pile of Gatorade and, and you know, protein powders and all these bars and all this nonsense and stuff, ask yourself, ask yourself on the deepest level, do you think you can make a spinal cord out of that, those materials? Do you think you can make a set of eyeballs out of those materials? How about some lungs? And so, so those are the type of questions you want to ask yourself when you're looking at the food you're about to eat. And so, you know, my, so my whole career now is based on engaging people and inspiring people back into the natural world and connecting them and connecting them to what they're doing with their life. You know, we can't also just be healthy and jerfers and all this stuff and then mm -hmm. prostitute ourselves and our consciousness back into the corporations that are actually destroying the earth and also living, you know, a nightmare instead of living your dream, living out someone else's dream of getting filthy rich. And so... Yeah, you're, uh, you're exactly right on that because... There are so many people that are unhappy. <laughs> it's crazy. It's like they're going to work every day just to make a living, but they're not really living. And I think that that goes back to health and wellness, too, because if you're constantly living that hustle, then it's going to affect your health. And there are a lot of people that are living that hustle day to day, and they're not following or pursuing what they really love to do. And I did it I did it for a very, very long time until I figured out that I like nutrition and that um, I could help people doing something that I like doing. So um, it's just a, a lot of people out there that are unhappy, man, that are, you know, dread going to work Monday morning, and they're happy as hell to get off work on Friday to get those two days to, uh, you know, to, to just be able to relax, and then they get back up Monday morning and they dread it all over again. Yes, and some of the tools for relaxation is, you know, mindless entertainment and, you know, drugs and alcohol, and so, mm -hmm. or pharmaceutical drugs and or, you know, so uh, healthy aspects of, of living on Earth, it's not really there. A lot of it's keeping up with the Joneses. It's a lot of do, and even the success movement, because as an entrepreneur, I'm out there, and, and and I'm very interested in my own success. The more successful I am, the more I can get my message out to people. However, I also have to slow down and enjoy my life. I, you know, I'm on the phone right now. I'm barefoot uh, in the grass right now across the street from my house, and and you know, 
this is just a tool that I have that I pulled right out of my tool belt. I could be sitting in the house with the Wi-Fi and everything else, but I know that this tool will help me so I can work at the same time of grounding in, in into nature. So we're always got to keep things into balance. I mean, I've got kids and <clears throat> my wife, my wife has a very successful business as well. And I keep trying to tell her, you know, you know, work, you know, you have to keep everything balanced because if you break down, if your physical structure breaks down or your mental structure breaks down, then you can't work. And so you have to always keep these things in balance um, at, 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 at any given moment. And so I always encourage people to live their dreams, figure out what they love to do, and move towards that. There is always a choice. And we're not, I'm not telling people to quit their day jobs. However, mm-hmm. you can get a part-time gig. Uh, you can always get some form of part-time gig. I mean, with Internet marketing out there, and I train a lot of people on Internet marketing, with Internet marketing out there, you can figure out a way to make money and start doing it one to two hours a day, 10 hours a, a week, you know, 15 hours a week until that mm-hmm. part-time, until that part-time income becomes your full-time income. And so, and there's a lot of training out there on this. And, you know, I encourage people to really figure out, <clears throat> excuse me, figure out what they love to do and move, start moving in that direction, surrounding themselves with, with the people uh, that do that, because there is a way out. The fact yeah, of the matter is. is there is a way out, and there's always a way. You know, I'm always got one eye. You know, we've got land in, in Vilcabamba, Ecuador, in a very stable environment, 5,000 mm-hmm. feet above sea level and four degrees off the equator, and we bought it there because we can grow food and have some of the purest water on the planet. And... You know, we still have our land there, and 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 I always, you know, come back to my wife, and it's like, well, how hard do you want to work? You know, you don't want to kill yourself, and it's like, we could start thinking in the direction of going down there. Now, I love Los Angeles and Santa Monica, where I live, and try not to get in the car very often, and, and the media is here, and, and I've been working in front of the camera for years, so L.A. is good for me. There's no doubt about it. Uh, and, and the United States is good for me, and I like the lifestyle, and I like the social aspect of it. However, uh, you know, at what expense? I mean, we're, you know, my mom is 67 years old. She has two jobs, right? My dad is almost 70 years old, and he's always he's always got money on his mind and work. I mean, everybody's working. And, like, what do we have to show for it? You know, you got to remember, we used to hunt and gather, and, uh-huh. you know, men used to go out and do the hunt for about three hours a day. And, you know, now we're, that's not the way we're working. And I like a lot of Paul Check's work because it's steeped in anthropology. It's steeped, you know, his wife was a, 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 bio, a biological anthropologist. And so, you know, studying the way the digestive tract, the biochemistry works, the way our uh, primal patterns and our, you know, he, all the functional fitness stuff that he pioneered was all based around how we moved in nature, how we were in nature, how how our biology and our physiology evolved. And so these things, you know, are, are good to have some thought. A thought came into my head the other day. Okay, if I'm not going to move to Ecuador, that's fine. Let me start looking at intentional communities here in in the United States. Now, I'm not one for communes because I'm an alpha male and I'm a little dominant in, 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 in my sphere. However, you know, the world's changing. And, you know, what are people doing now? I'm very interested in living off the grid. I'm very interested in free energy. I'm very interested in getting our society and world off of oil. All I believe most of the structures and the dysfunctional, inequitable systems that are existing on the planet, geopolitical, economic, education, all based around these oil companies and the spin-off corporations of agribusiness, chemicals, weapons, and drugs, they're all spin-off companies and they're all interrelated with oil and they own the media. And so how are we going to break free from this? And so, you know, my big conversation with people, you know, once we're based on health, okay, I'm only as healthy as the environment is. You look at the news last week, You've got, chemical, you've got chemicals from the agriculture, you've got herbicides and pesticides, and you've yep. got all these fracking. There was 
12 fracking operations in Colorado last week when these floods broke out. And there is a toxic chemical soup that is in Colorado right now. And so, so we've got to start saying, you know, if we're in an oil-based economy, petrochemical byproducts are in drugs, they're in mm-hmm. women's cosmetics, Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're and they're in um, and they're in uh, um, in agribusiness, pesticides and herbicides. It's what makes yeah. it what's, it's what makes the chemicals stick to the plants. And guess what? All the wars are related on getting this oil out of the ground. And so, so yeah, my point is, is, we've got to have this big conversation if we're going to have if we're going to talk about health. What are we doing with our lives? What are we doing? with our own personal lives, what are we doing about health, and what are we doing about the health of the world? Does that make sense, Darren? Yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense. And it's just that people are so blind to what's going on. And, you know, you were mentioning the petrochemicals in the women's cosmetics and, and other things, and then we're wondering why everybody's coming down with cancer. They have so many diagnoses that I don't know. I mean, I'll just toss a fact out there. Uh, I think they say one in th- one in three people will get cancer in their lifetime. I actually have a friend now that has bone cancer. Um, so, and we're wondering why everybody's getting sick. And then we have uh, GMOs. We have the chemicals in our, you know, in our cosmetics. We have the chemicals in our food. We have the chemicals in our water. It doesn't take a, take a scientist to see why people are getting sick. And it wasn't. It well, wasn't years ago, so. that's right. And that has to do with the scientists aren't really scientists. These people are on the on on the take for corporations. They're working for corporations, and so you know these scientists are prostituting themselves. And then this is what's called research bias, and this is what clouds the news because the media is owned by these by these multinational. Uh, corporations, these conglomerates of oil, you know, gas, they own everything. And so uh, oil companies, you have to remember uh, the Rockefellers, which are now dominating the bank sphere, uh, the Rockefellers were oil people. And so, hey, I want to make it really clear, Darren, that I'm not a victim and we are not victims. The Maori shaman that I've been working with for over 13 years say that the human being is the most technological advanced piece of equipment in the whole entire universe. So my, my you know, rebel rousing for humanity is let's wake up to that. Let's start using our full potential. Einstein said we're only using a small fraction of our brain. Let's use the rest of it. I just went to a meeting yesterday for data storage, big data. For My friend owns a company and he sells all the data stuff to, to, uh, to uh, Hollywood uh, you know, movie-making companies because everything's digital now. And we're talking about massive data, and they're talking about these corporations, they've got so much data, they've got to turn it into an asset so that they're, they're selling out their, 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 the data and the metadata from the data. And so uh, I say that these computers are prosthetics compared to what our brains can do. And so let's start rising up to that consciousness. Let's start having that conversation. Let's start talking about free energy. Let's start talking about solutions. Once we're once we're here and going, okay, I'm going to be I'm going to be as healthy as I possibly can. Oh, okay, all right. Well, I'm that healthy. Well, I'm only as healthy as the environment is because there's toxicity there. There's the Gulf spill. There's Fukushima. So, okay, so let me start being active and let me start using videos from people that I respect and start using my own gifts and my own social media to get these messages out because. Ultimately, we just need a tipping point. We only need a certain percent of human consciousness understanding this till boom, it becomes popular. And anyone that's out of the loop for health or jerking or functional fitness or any of this stuff or respecting the earth or, or um, you know, they don't know about free energy and Tesla's work, you know, they're out of the loop. And so they're not cool. So that's what Certified Health Nut is doing. It's branding you know, uh, branding holistic health out as sexy and cool, which is exactly what Hollywood's been doing ever since film and TV has existed. And so that's the same that's the same mission that I'm doing. That's why I'm teaming up with Paul Check. That's why I'm teaming up with Elliot Holt. That's why I'm teaming up with the Rob Ross, Sean Croxton, 
and that's why, you know, I'm happy to do your show as well, Darren. Anybody is out there that is spreading these messages, because this is it, people. This is it. You don't have to, you don't have to pay too much attention. You get a little bit of news here or there. There's a lot going on on the earth. We're at a bifurcation point, whether it's economically, geopolitically, environmentally. We are here. This is the boiling point. It is up to us. No one's going to save us. We, it's, it's up to us. The earth will continue on and it will sneeze us off like a flea or the flu. And so uh, we have to recognize that. We have to make the choice of whether we want to be here. Yeah, yeah. So we're kind of getting down on time, and I wanted to kind of touch on two things before you know we, we let you go. I know you have a family and everything, but um, one of the things I wanted to touch on is something that you, you you talked about earlier in the in when we when you got on, and that was uh, that you were a vegetarian at one time, and you decided to change that whole paradigm. And I watched one of your videos, and you say you don't promote any one particular food paradigm. Can you go into that a little bit more? And before you do that, I noticed that uh, there's a lot of people that are coming forward that used to be raw foodists, vegans, uh, you know, whatever, and now they're coming out and saying, you know what, this is wrong, and I should have been eating meat all along. And I think that's a powerful statement that when people can, when people can actually – admit that they were wrong or something wasn't right for their body and step into that and say, okay, well, I'm going to make a change. Because I know for me, I tried to be a vegan for like two weeks and I realized that it it just wasn't for me. I like meat, but I'm eating the right kinds of meat now, now that I've educated myself. But can you explain that why you don't promote one particular food paradigm? Well, because here's the thing, everyone's so different. And a vegan diet can actually heal someone that's 400 pounds and, and, and caked up with garbage. Because here's the thing, a uh, plant-based diet in general uh, uh, can be very uh, uh, easy on the system. Well, let's back it up. It's got to be organic. I mean, you've got to go organic. And one of the big problems I had with going vegan too is, is I was gluten intolerant and I didn't realize that back then and so I was mainlining gluten and I was still having so many problems so no one diet is going to do it for someone however any one diet can do it for someone for a short amount of time so for example if someone's sick a vegan diet could start to cleanse someone's body out that was my experience that's why I had such a great experience in the beginning, and I think a lot of vegans do. Uh, and then you hear this utopian dogma being taught, like this will save the world and, you know, it's disrespect to animals and all this stuff. And they're not even going back and really following, you know, uh, uh, the history of, of mankind. So, um, and look at Paul Check. You know, he was guided to stop eating meat because he was traveling so much and he was eating a lot of the same things and he created food intolerances and he's really in touch with his body and his soul and he was guided to stay away from uh, uh, eggs and meat for like a year and a half. And he hmm. lost so much weight, but it just wasn't time. And this is all documented on his blog. You can just Google it. Uh, mm -hmm. He blogged about it uh, the whole time. And, and so... Uh, the thing is, is I advise people to eat real food. Figure out what real food is. Grass-fed, grass-finished, organic. Now, what does organic mean? I mean, true organic is composting and fallowing. But USDA organic just means no pesticides for three years. They're not even talking about remediation of the soil. So you want to get in touch with your farmers. You want to group yourself with other people that have a community-supported agriculture, a CSA. If you don't have one, look it up and build your own in your own neck of the woods. Uh, get a truck driver to go pick up from farms in the 1,500-mile radius once a week and drop it off at a drop spot, and everyone pays, you know, $25, $50 a box of food. And so uh, you can do this. Just eat real food. That's why JERF is so important. It's such a, it's such a catchy acronym. And, it's, uh -huh. and it just lays it out. Just eat real food. What's real food? What did we used to eat? Well, we didn't eat a ton of grain, and we did, certainly didn't have time to make a bunch of vegetable oils. And so, uh, so grass-fed, grass-finished uh, grass is key. These animals have multiple stomachs. They're not supposed to eat grain. Grain creates gas in their body. Gas in their body creates acidosis in their blood. Acidosis in their blood creates acidosis in your blood. 
Acidosis in your blood is one of the three main factors of cancer. So there's red meat is bad for you, or red meat, you know, is cancer for you. But so so you're talking about all this, and you also start looking at the paleo movement. And Denise Minger started; she did a great video, and she started to talk about, you know, it's not about muscle meats. We used to uh-huh. eat nose to tail, and there's a, an amino acid in the muscle meat that builds up toxicity in your liver, and there's an amino acid in organ meats that neutralizes it. So it's good huh. to cycle off. Paul Check also writes about this in the four-day four rotation diet. You know, we're a society of, you know, um, uh, you know, eating the same thing because it's easy and stuff. Well, you can create food intolerances from that. So, you know, my, my take on it is eat real food, spend as much time engaging in the nature, and your body will start to, to heal and um, regulate and maintain itself and it'll start to teach you, you know, what is good. Start frequenting farmers markets or the farmers themselves. Start connecting yourself back into nature and intuitively you will be tuned up to eat when, what, and where. Um, I mean, that's that that's kind of it. I can't necessarily tell someone not to eat vegan, especially if that's the only tool that they have and they're sick from eating a standard American diet or, you know, or, or someone, you know, mentioned paleo, but then they think, oh, just whatever meat I can get my hands on. And, and, you know, the meat in the stores that's commercially farmed fed genetically modified organisms is poison. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's absolute poison. Yeah. So there's so much nomenclature and explanation that needs to be explained. That's why I don't like to just use, uh, a name for a diet for, you know, which is best. I use it a little bit for marketing on my videos and meta tags to kind of get the algorithms up. But at the end of the day, just eat real food. Just eat real food. What did the ancestors eat? What what was it that, that we ate? And then keep real it in food. balance. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, keep it in balance. Hey, man, if I'm if I'm out to, to dinner with, with some of my friends and um, – you know, there. Uh, I can't start asking the waiter and this and start grilling them on all these questions. I'll either eat it or I won't eat it. Uh, otherwise, I'll just start, you know, causing a big argument. I I eat most of my food at home. I, that's all right. there is to it. I eat most of my food at home. Do you let so your bring kids it with eat? Uh, do you let your kids eat um, any of the things that I know you kind of grew up like I grew up eating Fruit Loops and Pop Tarts and all that other stuff? But do you let your kids eat that stuff? No. Not at all. Are they ever Why? Tempted? Because well, they go to a I'm educated. I'm educated. Well, they don't hang. They don't hang out with a lot of friends. First of all, second of all, uh, my my kids started Waldorf school this year, and all the Waldorf moms and dads are real hip on all this stuff because that's hmm. a Steiner school, and Rudolf Steiner was the father of modern day organic farming, and he, you know, Paul Check's a big Steiner guy. Steiner was a master. You know, he's a living master, and he figured a lot of stuff out. Lived in nature, was tapped into nature. And so so I've had to battle with some nannies and some other parents in the parks and stuff like that. But the bottom line is, I live in Santa Monica, so I'm lucky. A lot of parents will ask, hey, can they have it? Or if it's organic, then I will. I went camping in the Grand Canyon in Sedona and Tahoe this year, and, and, uh, and uh, so I met all sorts of people from all walks of life and so I didn't have so many arguments I mean I draw the line and and I tell people you know my kids only eat organic my kids are trained to ask is this organic is it gluten-free you know and it brings up some snobbery situations but Mm -hmm. I try and sidestep it use a little humor Uh, I get in I'll get into a little bit of a lecture on, on what real food is and talk about some health statistics and people get it to a certain degree depends on how stressed out they are and how much they can actually compute uh but it it's good conversation i'm an educator and uh and this is this is this is this is my biggest point of entry the entry drug for humanity is food and so uh if i can just get people eating real food i think uh, we can heal the planet just by doing that, that one simple thing. If everybody needs and demands organic, it'll put Monsanto out of business. 
Monsanto and these chemical companies are out of business. Everybody else gets hip that, you know, once you're healthy, then you can start thinking on a different level. Once you're healthy, you start thinking, okay, right. all right, what Troy's saying about oil does have some credence. What's this thing in Syria? What's this thing in Iraq? What's this thing in Libya last year? What's this Benghazi story? What's going on geopolitically? Okay, that doesn't sound right for me. I don't like that. I'm an American. My military is out there. They're not representing me. The American government doesn't represent me. I'm for, you know, I'm for real food. And the American government is allowing Monsanto, which was a chemical company that created Agent Orange and chemical warfare, uh, uh, you know, they're allowing this stuff in my food supply. So the American government is not a friend of mine. They're not working mm-hmm. for me. The EPA, the FD, FDA, FBI, CIA, they're spying on me. So wait a second, this is not cool. So I'm not against anything, but that's not cool. And I'm of the people, and this is, uh, you know, the country, the Constitution of the United States is a sacred document. You know, I'm a human being, and I'm going to speak up, and I'm going to say no. Freedom of speech is, 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 is you know, the, the, the First Amendment. So I'm going to mm-hmm. speak up, and I'm going to use my voice, my God-given voice, and say, no, I want clean food. I want the air, the water, and the soil remediated, because that's the common heritage for human beings that's a common denominator for life on earth we have to support that which supports life on earth and the american government's not supporting that they're supporting oil and oil is supporting their own pockets that is an outdated form of energy and if that's an outdated form of energy it's time to rise up to the next form of energy the next solution and if oil companies are dominating the universities and they're paying for the university books and the research and the physics department they're going to tell you that, you know, free energy doesn't exist or something beyond oil is not feasible right now. Hogwash! We're I hear you, beings. man. I hear you. I hear you. We hear, um, <laughs> so, okay, anyway. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, I'm going to have to bring you back off your rant there. But um, two more <laughs> questions. <laughs> two more yes. questions, and I'll let you go. Um, explain to – I kind of looked at the video. Um, explain to us a little bit about ayahuasca and how it helped you and – um, you know, the whole thing of what ayahuasca is and how it works. Yeah, so uh, that's, that's, uh, that, that, that's a good question, and that's pretty easy for me because I'm very well versed in it. I've been working in the Amazon for the last eight years. I work with a product line uh, company that's the largest importer of rainforest botanicals, uh, but they don't import ayahuasca. It's only illegal in Peru and Brazil. And so, but I had a lot of experience working with the herbal company, and I've been down there quite a few times, and I've drank a lot of ayahuasca. Ayahuasca is the world's most powerful herbal medicine. It penetrates the liver, the gallbladder, and the intestines. It purges the body on a very deep uh, and visceral level. But more importantly, it penetrates the nervous system where we hold our beliefs. And so it's got a hallucinogenic component, so it will... It has the ability to show you your maker and or uh, the boogeyman and the skeletons that live in your closet. For example, if someone was raped and that's such a traumatic experience or abused and uh, they buried it, they repressed it in their own consciousness uh, and it hasn't been brought up uh, and they forgot about it or they just repressed it, that medicine can actually bring it up. Now, uh, when I first went down there, the, the, the shaman that I work with started calling it medicine. And I looked at the guy and I said, who's this guy, kid? Medicine? This is a drug. Uh, and <laughs> after, after, yeah, it's funny, but after my yeah. first cup, I was like, oh, this is medicine. This is not child's play. This is very serious stuff. It's the most powerful experience uh, I've ever had in my, in my life. Uh, did you freak out? I've never, did you freak out, Troy? Did you freak out? No, I didn't freak out. I think uh-huh. my six years of meditation prior to that really helped me. Uh, mm-hmm. I did not freak out. However, I, I, never, I never lost consciousness or went out of my body. And you hear people having that experience all the time. I think ayahuasca was very gentle on me. I had a huge heart opening. I had a lot of purging, uh, a lot of, you know, puking. I had a lot of yawning. I heard that the yawning is is uh, is piling new neural nets through your brain. Um, 
I had uh, this last experience was pretty heavy duty. I had my daughter down there. I had a couple Czech practitioners, and um, um, I, I had I, I had a pretty serious group down there. And I was going through my own healing <clears throat> on a very deep level. I'm, I'm a young dad, so I have my own exhaustion levels that I was dealing with, and my daughter was down there. I had a lot of responsibility while I was down there, and I was drinking heroic doses. Most people couldn't get a cup down, and I was trying to get, you know, at least a cup or more than a cup down because, you know, Troy Casey's always looking for, you know, enlightenment, you know, yesterday. I'm looking to raise my consciousness as much as I possibly can. And so um, I had a really rough time, but usually, the you know, when you go through hell, and the shamans will tell you this as well, when you come out, you're that much cleaner, stronger, if you can survive, what won't what won't kill you will make you stronger. I say, yeah, so yeah. Uh, that's the short of it. It's very powerful medicine. It's not right for everyone. However, if you have the calling, uh, I guarantee people will get uh, a very powerful experience, a very healing experience. But make sure you're ready before you partake in uh, an ayahuasca ceremony. Make sure yeah. you're doing it with the right people too. Yeah, I'd imagine. So, last question for you, man. You ate bison balls. <laughs> Tell me why you did that, and how do they taste? I don't, I don't know if I have, I'm brave enough to do that. Woo! I love my bison balls. So my buddy uh, Bobby Williams, he goes out with Mariel Hemingway, and um, he's a rock climber. Mm-hmm. He turned me on to this uh, years ago. There's actually a guy out here in L.A. called uh, Agenus Vonderplatz, and he healed himself from eating raw meat, and he calls his diet the primal diet or something like that. And it's all about raw meat. And I did a video when our co-op got busted, uh, Rossum. It was in Venice, and I did a video with Paul Check on it, and I did a video mm-hmm. for Natural News. Uh, Bobby used to stock the place so he could get, you know, cheaper food. And most of the people that worked there would work there for free food. And uh, so Bobby, this was, God, 10, 15 years, 10, about 10, 12 years ago, uh, I met Bobby in Venice Beach, and uh, he, he turned me on to organs. At the time, you could still get thyroid and adrenals. I think they're a little bit more difficult to get. And we would just get a kombucha and get, it was, you know, it's so wild, and it would just be like, yeah, we're going to eat bison testicles. And it, and it was like comedy. And so you kind of <laughs> just have to laugh about it. But the experience, the power that I would feel uh, was, you know, the clarity, it was, it was palpable. You could taste it. And so, um, uh, I always enjoyed that. And so I always wanted to shoot that video. So about, uh, about this time last year, I shot my first video and it got so much attention. And then I had some more about six months later. Uh, and so I shot another one and then I brought some down for the raw bras. It tastes, uh, very bland. It almost has no taste. And it has texture a little bit tougher than sea urchin. So sea urchin is kind of a delicacy as well if you go, ever go out and get sushi. Uh, mm-hmm. Sea urchin has some very interesting minerals in it as well. I like sea urchin. Uh, so it's just one of those delicacies. It's, it's like, uh, it's like uh, caviar or something like that. And, and so, uh, But it has a lot of power and a lot of... Um, you know, it's got all those that hormonal juju in it. And uh, all I can say is try it. It sounds and looks a lot grosser than it is. Um, oh. And I do it, you know, every once in a while. Since I watched that Denise Minger video on the amino acids that kind of neutralize uh, the amino acids from muscle meats, mm-hmm. I've been eating more organs lately. I had some liver last night uh, and uh, had some sheep's liver, couple of weeks ago and I'll do the I'll do the testicles again uh next week. I do the testicles raw just be, just for functionality purposes. Mm-hmm. It's easier. Um and uh kind of like you just get done it over with, get it in your bloodstream and and really just feel the power. Uh all you know my advice uh with the testicles as well as the Amazon herbs that I represent is put them in your body. You have the experience. Once you experience that level of clarity and nutrition and power, you know, you want more of it. And so, um, you know, that's that's what clean food is all about. Yeah, yeah. 
So um, that's all the questions I have for you. Um, what's your website, Troy, where people can, can find you? I'm at certifiedhealthnut.com. You can sign up for my newsletter uh, there. I send it out uh, sporadically. Uh, best place to really watch my content is on YouTube. So Troy Casey, Certified Health Nut is the name of my channel. Uh, I'm on Facebook, Certified Health Nut, facebook.com. Uh, forward slash CHN333 is actually how you get straight to it. Otherwise, you can just Google it. Uh, it should all populate. Troy Casey, Certified Health Nut. Watch my videos. Share them. I've got everything from natural childbirth. I've got a ton on ayahuasca. I've got uh, all the stuff I do in the, in the Amazon, the lectures that I've done. I've got four lectures. I've got one on GMOs. I've got one I, I did on... Uh, uh, the American Diabetes Association. If one of those resonates with people, you know, share them. Share them on your Facebook. Share them on your Twitter. Um, you know, my wife always wants me to monetize to the next level. And, uh, you know, my heart of hearts w wants wants to be, you know, uh, on the level that Elliot Hulse is and stuff. But the fact of the matter is i got two young kids. I'm proud to be a good dad. I'm with them most of the time. When When it comes time to monetize Certified Health Nuts to the next level, I will. In the meantime, I'm here to help people. And in the end, I'm really only helping myself. I'm only as healthy as the environment. Healthy me equals a healthy plant. Yeah, man. So, Troy, I'm hoping one day, man, I'm actually in Florida. You're in California. I'm hoping one day we might bump into each other at a seminar or something so we can meet face-to-face. Uh, -face. So, uh, hope that's in the plans. I'll put it out there in the universe, and, and I'm sure it'll happen. But, yeah, uh, absolutely. Love to, love to meet you. Love to meet anyone out there in cyberspace. Yeah, yeah. So thank you so much for being on the program, man, and hopefully um, something big will happen and you'll write a book or something like that and we'll invite you back. But we'll invite you back anyway. So thanks. TV show, baby. TV show. Yeah. That's where I'm headed. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Troy. Thanks so much, Darren. Have a great night. You too, man. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, there you have it, Troy Casey, the certified health nut. Good talk, man. Good stuff. Troy knows his stuff. He's very passionate about it, just like I am. So tune in Tuesday. This show happens on Thursday. I was trying to do a show, or not trying. I was doing a show uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, next Tuesday is a show that you don't want to miss. I'm going to have my, my partner in crime, or my podcast partner in crime, rather, Diane Kayser, and Diane knows her stuff. Diane is a functional diagnostic nutritionist, and she'll be on to talk about sleep, sex, and serotonin. And you don't want to miss her story uh, as far as uh, what she has to share when it comes to birth control. Diane actually um, did something, changed her birth control method, and actually ended up losing six pounds. So she'll be on the show to share that with us on Tuesday at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and that'll be on the same fat time, same fat channel. So thank you for listening, and good night.